Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to episode 28 of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from our massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, you know, as Aaron and I discussed in our 2011 year-end wrap-up, we want to provide more of an increased focus in 2012 on not only the technologies around cloud computing, but, but really the ways in which cloud is changing our industries, uh, how people are changing, how process and business is changing, uh, beyond just the technology. So to, on today's show, we're, we're really excited to be joined by Bob Olwig, uh, Vice President of Business Strategy and Marketing at Worldwide Technology. Sometimes people know that as WWT, uh, one of the, the, the largest and leading VARs in our industry. So Bob's uh, going to come on today. And we're going to talk about the changing landscape for VARs in terms of how they're interacting with customers, how the evolution of cloud technology is, is impacting them in, in good ways and, and potentially new opportunities. So, Bob, thanks for coming on today. Great to have you. Hey, Brian. Thanks for the invite. Glad to be here and uh, hope you're doing well. I'm doing really well. Um, so, for people that may not be familiar with WWT or may not know you, can you give us a little bit of background on, on both yourself and the company? Sure. Uh, I started with, uh, believe it or not, McDonnell Douglas about 30 years ago and for the past 15 years I've been with Worldwide Technology leading up a team of uh, business consultants, technology consultants and business development managers uh, that help our field sales organizations with clients and for the past four years I've, I've kind of had a side job of working very closely with our CEO Jim Cavanaugh in helping drive our strategy and our expansion into the data center marketplace. Um, for those people that may not know who Worldwide is, uh, we're not necessarily a brand name out there, but uh, we did just uh, close out 2011 and we exceeded $4 billion in top line revenue, so we're very excited about that. We've grown to nearly 1,800 employees around the United States primarily, but we do have uh, a global presence in China and Singapore, Brazil, Mexico, and just last week we opened up our first office in London. So we're excited about that. And Brian, I think we go back a ways. Our, and, you, and many people probably know worldwide, most notably because of our major partnership that we have with Cisco. Um, we resell nearly $2 billion a year annually, and, and uh, we're, uh, we're happy to be recognized by Cisco as being one of their largest uh, partners in the world. Okay. Well, good. Um, yeah. And, you know, and the reason... I reached out to you guys. Is obviously uh, you and I have known each other for a little while. Um, Worldwide's always been an interesting company to me because, um, and, and, and we'll we'll get into this in the discussion. But not only are you guys you know aligned to some of the biggest vendors in the industry, both in terms of the data center space, which obviously aligns to cloud computing, but also in collaboration and communication. So you guys have a a very good feel for. Um, you know trends and strategies that the Cisco's and the HP's and the EMC's and NetApp's and Microsoft's of the world have, and then the other piece that that's always been really interesting is um, you guys have a you've at least you know visible to to me and to others you've got a really um, active uh, vibrant set of, of very very smart people that are uh, sort of being the face of your company. So like John or John Joe Onasek's been on our show before. Uh, Chris Fendia, you guys have got folks all over the country. So I think um, I hope folks will find that the conversation you guys um, not only have a really good pulse on the industry, a really good pulse on where vendors are going, but you guys are doing some pretty innovative things that hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that are helping your customers. Uh, change their their business models, change how they're using technology. So I'm uh, yeah, excited Brian, about the conversation. I, yeah, Brian, and, and thank you for the kind remarks about our people. And 
you know, just to just to acknowledge that, I'll tell you, that is what we believe really our, our key differentiator is that we're hiring very smart, very team-oriented people like the Joe Anasics of the world. So we definitely appreciate you calling that out. Um, and I, we are somewhat uniquely positioned in, in the industry. You know, we grew up historically as a very solid Cisco partner, especially around unified communications and core route and switch. And, and as I said earlier, working with Jim, you know, we really strategically have um, focused on growing our data center practice. And that's where Joe Anasek resides. And that's where a lot of familiarity recently, Brian, from you is around our entree into cloud computing and helping our clients understand these different forces that are going on in the market related to these pod infrastructures and virtualization and cloud computing. So, and much of the hiring that we've done, in fact, we've hired over 330 people last year, and we, we plan on hiring again that many this year. Most of them are customer or client-facing people um, in our business development, in our technical pre-sales, and our, our professional services delivery. And, and a lot of them are aligned around these new technologies, including cloud. Okay, good. Well, so let's 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 start by talking about the markets. Um, so you're seeing, you know, let's talk about how are you guys seeing the evolution of of your customers' business environments, both in the United States as well as outside the U.S. You know, that business environment being impacted by technology, but also you know, technology being a driver for them looking at new ways to do business. Well, the the first thing that comes to mind is certainly all of our customers are feeling the impact of the economy and, um, you know, kind of the direction the economy is going in. And what that really boils down to is I think our customers are a lot more diligent about their IT spend and they're focusing more on, you know, high impact projects that can affect, uh, you know, from a cost savings perspective. So virtualization continues to play in that in terms of server consolidation or data center consolidation. So certainly customers have an eye towards savings and being efficient about their IT computing. I think another area that um, more from a opportunity perspective is that clients are seeing some very large business drivers or technology drivers that are occurring in the marketplace. You know, the consumerization of IT, uh, mobility, um, and, and, and then cloud computing. I think customers are all looking at that with um, an eye towards, okay, what's it really mean? How, how can it really affect my enterprise? And, and how do we get ahead of that, those trends in the technology? For example, the proliferation of mobile devices is becoming a huge headache for a lot of CIOs and, and VPs of IT. You know, the, the, their employees are bringing these devices into their enterprises um, they're basically telling IT, hey, you have to deal with these devices. This is, this is how I do my job now. This is how I stay connected to my fellow employees and to my customers and so forth. So, so that's one of those trends that um, customers are really looking to worldwide to help them kind of sort through that. And as you, as you know, you know, mobile devices are connecting back into data center applications and, that are typically being transformed around using new cloud technologies and so forth. So many of these trends are all interrelated. And a big part of what Worldwide's doing is consulting with these clients on, you know, the challenges that they face 
and and where they want to go in terms of the technology. Um, for many customers, you know, moving all the way to a public cloud uh, infrastructure doesn't make sense for them. So oftentimes we're working with them just to build out their private cloud infrastructures to support these mobile applications or mobile devices and so forth. So um, from a, a broad market perspective, you know, there's a lot of commonality that I talked about in terms of those big market drivers of consumerization of IT and, and mobility and cloud. They span the three major markets that we're in, uh, which include kind of the large federal U.S. government, um, Fortune 1000 customers or another segment, and then service providers like AT&T are, are a third segment that, that we align our, um, our sales teams around. Okay. So, you know, several years ago, um, you know, the role of the VAR in some cases was, uh, was a fulfillment function. Um, you know, I mean, that's obviously changed quite a bit over the years, but we're starting to see more and more technologies converge. We're seeing, you know, infrastructure not be its own silo. You know, the applications are becoming... Uh, there's some you know, blurring of those lines. What, what's the you know what's the new what in 2012? What's the role of the VAR? What do your customers expect you to solve for them versus um, you know maybe what a, a large you know business process change company? What you know what do your customers come to you asking for you to do these days? Yeah, I think first and foremost, I think our customers um, want us to help educate them on the technologies that are that are available. Uh, frankly, they could go to any one of the large partners that we have, and and they can get um, you know a briefing on a particular technology. But but oftentimes the discrete manufacturers around perhaps storage or compute or networking can't really help a customer figure out how it all works together. So for me, it's really about going back a number of years, and unfortunately, like I said, I've been in the industry for a long time. I think the role of, 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 of a VAR in worldwide in particular is that of becoming a true systems integrator where we can help cut clients you know, cipher through all the choices that they have and help them understand how these technologies are going to work together. And what we've invested in are um, you know, smart people and consultants that can have that conversation but we've also developed some processes around workshops and assessments that methodically take our clients through that, that road map or that journey that they need to go through. And then finally, a significant investment that we've made in the last few years is in our advanced technology center where we're able to actually demonstrate and show our customers how these diverse sets of technologies can work together whether that's in a converged infrastructure uh, uh, format or whether that's um, showing unified communications working um, across video and, and things like that. So worldwide's investing in a lot of different areas, but m first and foremost, it's around helping our clients understand what the technology can do for them and solve their specific uh, problems. Okay. So you, you brought up uh, your Advanced Technology Center, which, um, as I understand it, is facility or multiple facilities where people can, where, where you've got uh, the actual technology set up and running. So you've got multiple stacks, you know, the, the converged integrated stacks. You've got multiple types of technology actively running. People can come in. They can prove of concept things. They can see things demonstrated. How, how much have you seen change? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big investment. But B, it's a, it's a big 
change in terms of being able to show people, let them touch it, let them feel it, feel confident in it? How much, how much of that was driven by your customers or, or you feeling like you needed a competitive edge versus you know, what goes on in, in, say, like public cloud computing with software as a service where it's literally like, I can go out and play around with stuff all day long and I, like, I can get to it immediately. Is that, were those two things sort of both driving it or was, was one driving things more than the other for those types well, of investments? Well, I think, good question, Brian. I think that, um, I think the, the whole vision for the ATC really, quite frankly, came from our CEO, Jim Cavanaugh. And, and the ATC for us is not just the physical classroom you know, infrastructure that you see in a lot of um, you know, manufacturers, uh, executive briefing centers, and so forth. We certainly have that. We have nearly $20 million worth of equipment um, in our ATC. Um, but, but what Jim Cavanaugh's vision was is that we want to take this infrastructure with different environments for doing on-demand demonstrations and proof of concepts to, to delivering very highly customized proof of concepts for specific client needs. We wanted to take that infrastructure but open it up to our broad set of field engineers, technical architects, um, consulting systems engineers that are out in the field so that they can use our ATC as a learning environment, as a testbed environment to hone their skills and sharpen their ability to have better conversations with customers. Um, the other thing is that we have opened it up to our partners like Cisco and we allow them to come in and see and use technology that they may not be able to get out of Cisco's own uh, uh, CPOC centers that they have. Um, because sometimes we're offering a variety of converged infrastructure components that Cisco by themselves don't necessarily sell. For example, the storage or, or, or other elements that just isn't part of the Cisco portfolio. So our ATC is bigger than just the software and the hardware that we have. It's, it's about creating an eco- ecosystem where we can collaborate and share ideas and very quickly bring these solutions to our customers and to our partners and frankly prove to them that these technologies can work and can help them solve some some of the business problems that they're facing. Okay, so there's a there's a certain level of kind of like operational eat your own dog food. You're going out, you're asking customers to to make changes to to bring together technologies, and you guys can can literally point to something that you say, look, we use it for uh, sales, we use it for training, we use it for partnering and, and interoperability, and, and you can you can sort of validate all that with your customers. That's got to be pretty yes. huge. Yes. Excellent. So let's come. I want to come back to something that, that you were hitting on um, when we were talking about customers, their demands, their changes. Um, WWT had a, a good-sized practice, and I think probably still has a pretty good-sized practice that was uh, around unified communications and, and back when it was just voice over IP and IP telephony. You know, a big piece of that was not only technology change, right? So convergence of voice and data, but, but there was a lot of people change going on there, right? Which teams were going to be in charge of technologies? How you know how could new efficiencies come out of that? How many parallels do you see between those things that went on five, six, seven, eight years ago, and and what we're seeing happen in the data center around virtualization? People talking about private cloud. Are there? Do you guys find a lot of parallels there, or are there some some key differences you've seen? No, Brian, you're spot on. We're seeing a lot of uh, parallels happening there. You know, back then it was about, you know, convergence around uh, voice and data. 
And, uh, you know, there was a lot of change uh, management that had to go on. And if you fast forward to around converged infrastructure and these pod architectures, you know, the real benefit that clients are going to get out of it is if they consolidate their and converge their operational teams to work around this converged platform rather than the discrete silos that they have today. And what that practically means is that you're going to have the storage guys needing to work and collaborate with the server team who's going to have to work and collaborate with the network team. So the technology is really forcing um, change changes within organizations that you know, they're not always comfortable with. Uh, there are many um, people in these organizations that have been living and breathing s- storage for many, many years, and, and now they're having to, to embrace and open, the, open their mind to this converged infrastructure where storage and compute and the network fabric and this thing called virtualization all needs to work together. And I, and I think the leading companies, the leading IT organizations that we work with, and I can think of a couple of service providers and a couple of leading financial services uh, companies up in New York, they're embracing that and they're paying a lot of of attention to the change management, the changes that need to go on within their organizations to to truly take advantage of the technology. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, talking about changes, talking about, you know, uh, people being hesitant to make uh, organizational change or learn new skills, you guys have obviously been reasonably successful, or you could argue very, very successful, in getting some of these converged technologies deployed. What are you finding as you're talking to, whether it's technologists or whether you're talking to the business leaders, what are the best or most uh, successful kind of initial steps to get them to go, okay, how do I move from where I am today to, to these, you know, these sort of converged environments, converged teams? What's, how do you get them started? What's the right steps? You know, that very good question because we have evolved as a company, Brian, and we go back a ways. And, you know, when I started 15 years ago, we, we did a lot of traditional bar things, you know, in terms of product fulfillment and, you know, solid customer service in terms of our ability to, you know, quote and process orders and deliver things on time and so forth. You know, today it's all about a customer service function that centers around truly understanding what the customer is trying to accomplish as it relates to these new technologies. So of the 330 people that we hired last year, many, many, many of them are, are really client-facing experts, you know, technologists, architects, who um, you know, we're employing to have these, these conversations with customers. And we're not leaving anything to chance. We, we've actually created a, a methodology that involves packaged workshops and packaged assessment services that allows us to have a facilitated conversation and discovery sessions with customers to truly understand what they're trying to do. And then, based on that information, we can sort through it and and taking what we call an AIM approach or architecturally independent multi-vendor approach, we're able to piece together and design a solution from all these various you know, manufacturers that are out there that have great technology and, and pull it together for that particular customer's needs. So I think our evolution as a, as a, a bar and, and a true systems integrator is our ability to have those meaningful conversations with customers early on in their projects and, and with a broad 
um, set of people within their organization, as I said earlier, with the storage people, the server people, the virtualization, the network people. We, we sometimes are a better facilitator of pulling those discrete organizations together in a workshop or an assessment than sometimes those clients are able to do themselves. Okay. Okay. And, and you sort of highlighted, you, and you've mentioned this a couple times now, and I, I kind of want to prod into it a little bit uh, since, since my day job involves working for, uh, for a vendor. You, you know, you talked about um, the things that you guys do as a very full-service VAR slash systems integrator in terms of showcasing technology, in terms of being able to have these very complete conversations with, with your customers. And, like, what do you find, um, and, and this doesn't have to be any vendor in particular, but, you know, there's a there's a translation that has to happen between vendors talking about their widgets, their, their features, their technologies, which you guys then have to take, translate, put them into solution-centric context. What are you finding is, is missing from, from vendors sort of shortchanging themselves, not helping you help your customers be successful? Are there things that you find are more successful, are, are, you know, are still really lacking from the vendors and the technology people? It's a good question. I, I, I would say that, first of all, the, the vendors and the, the manufacturer reps that we work with and their associated you know, systems engineers and technical architects, I mean, we're honored to be working with and being partnered with the best of the best. And they are just rock-solid technologists and, and account managers and client execs and so forth. I think the, the limitation that they have is that they don't always have the full portfolio of technology that they can bring to bear, you know, for a particular client, right? So, you know, there's there's two very solid storage partners that we work with that are fantastic, but they don't necessarily have the compute element or the networking element or the UC element or whatever it may be. So I think it's our job worldwide as a systems integrator to not only integrate the technologies for customers, but also integrate the account planning and the account strategy of how these best of breed manufacturers can work with a leading integrator like Worldwide to have one front, one conversation with a client or a CIO or a VP of IT where we collectively bring all the resources that we can bring to bear and have a more meaningful conversation with, with that customer. That, that's what I think is exciting about the role that Worldwide has today. We're partnered with great technology companies and we, we both value the capabilities that we can bring to bear and, and where we're having the most success with uh, with customers is where all of the OEMs are getting together and we're collaborating whether it's on a you know in a structured way you know where some of the alliances have created a more formal structure around partnering together and some of them are, are less formal but, but um, it all comes down to the account management and field teams working together to create an integrated plan or strategy for that client. Okay, okay, <clears throat> that makes sense. It, it's sort of you you help them kind of blend their the maybe gaps they might have in their portfolio across the different partners that you work with. They may be technology partners themselves, but you guys can can blend that, fill those gaps, blend those things, and, and the presentation out to the customers and to business problems looks very very holistic. Right and create yes, create a holistic or a you know a more comprehensive solution that thinks through all of the various you know elements of the solution for our customer, so that we're not you know missing out on something maybe 
from a positive perspective that it will help some other technology or downstream process or you know a lot of times we're, we're kind of looking out for the customer that, that we're not inadvertently doing something in a certain area that could have a negative impact downstream okay so you know we've talked about some of the evolutionary things that, that you guys have done you've gone from uh, uh, you know pure technology and fulfillment you now provide uh, a lot of those services directly out of your warehouses so people can customize what they want you guys can control your supply chains to a certain extent you've got facilities to to highlight uh, not only the technologies but your operational skills let's talk a little bit about, about kind of how cloud computing becomes that next thing to figure out so um, the the systems integrator VAR industry is always going through some level of either consolidation or expansion there's been a couple of noteworthy ones here in the last you know three months of people that, that you guys compete with but the one that's kind of more interesting to me is uh, you know customers now have a, another choice if you will where um, you know they can look at software as a service to, to take care of some of the things that maybe they used to have in-house and and that's an option but uh, you know I know you guys have have had um, some partnerships some relationships with service providers where you're trying to, to build some blended services can you talk about that how you see that as an opportunity a challenge a, a value to your customers or, or where you see those types of partnerships going between service providers and and the systems integrators and VARs that have you know direct customer relationships and contacts sure I think you know the the cloud computing and software as a service the whole notion of you know providing capabilities as a utility you know isn't really anything new and, and it's it's been around for a while I, I think the speed at which things can be delivered I think the ubiquitous nature of the internet providing kind of low-cost access to these you know remote services and so forth make it very different than how it was you know 10 20 years ago around mainframe computing and things like that but I think it's all about customer choice, and we have partnered with service providers. Um, we have a great partnership in place with Savitas, um, a local uh, St. Louis company where our headquarters is at, and we want to have that ability to offer a client software as a service or um, cloud infrastructure as a service um, as part of our overall portfolio. Because the the fact is, Brian, we're having these, as I said earlier, these conversations that we're, we're having workshops and assessments where we're uncovering what the client's trying to do and we don't want to shortchange that client by not being able to propose or offer software as a service as, as an example uh, as part of our portfolio if that's what the client really needs so um, in reality um, many times we'll start out having client conversations where they think they want to go to a public cloud and in reality, when we talk about perhaps maybe some security concerns or compliance issues around, you know, auditing and and, uh, and so forth, you know, they kind of come back around and say, you know what, you know, let's keep, you know, maybe public cloud computing on the roadmap for this particular application, but let's let's you know map the next steps for the next few years where we'll build out a private cloud for that particular application until those security concerns clear up in the public cloud or whatever it may be. So for us, um, the partnership, for example, with Savvis is very important because we want to provide a holistic solution to a, a client. Um, the other thing that we're benefiting from as it relates to the public cloud service providers is that 
we have many of them as clients today. You know, even before the cloud was in vogue, so to speak, you know, we had been providing a lot of supply chain services and configuration and staging services for them going back many, many years. Today, because they're expanding their revenue opportunities with additional you know, services and software as a service or infrastructure as a service, it's only affording worldwide more opportunity to provide them more um, components and elements that are building out their, their internal infrastructures. Okay. And, and there's probably, I'm guessing, opportunities for you to take some of those best practices you learn from service providers that deal with different scale and potentially bring those back to your enterprise customers, your government customers, and, and sort of share some knowledge both ways? You bet. And, it, you know, that's one of the challenges as, a, as an executive here at Worldwide where, you know, my team is somewhat responsible for ensuring that we're, we're collaborating and sharing these best practices that we're learning and, uh, you know, we're working with some of the best, you know, you know, federal agencies that are out there doing innovative things. We're working with these service providers that are building these massive scalable infrastructures. And we're working with, you know, Fortune 100 or 1,000 customers, in, in, including large financial institutions that have, you know, spend literally billions of dollars on their IT infrastructure. What, what a great, you know, uh, position to be in to be able to see the insides of all these different types of, of, of organizations, infrastructures, the variety of technologies. What we're excited about is we get to kind of see the best of the best, and then we're able to kind of share those best practices internally and, and bring, you know, bring those new ideas, bring what's working for another client into, uh, into a new client's uh, infrastructure. It, it's really exciting, and, and I know many of our technical architects and consulting uh, systems engineers, you know, love the variety of, you know, major accounts and large uh, clients that we work with. Okay, very cool. Well, we're getting very close to uh, sort of the end here. I'll leave it with one last question since it's the beginning of the new year. You guys, uh, you in particular, get to talk to people sort of across industries and across technologies. Any, any guesses or predictions for maybe that one breakout technology, that one breakout trend that, that we're going to be talking about at the end of 2012? I th think that there's uh, there's several trends, and that's a hard one to always nail down the one, Brian. But I would say, you know, the, the continued consumerization of IT around these mobile devices and and helping our customers secure those mobile devices and, and really enable them to to access the enterprise applications and so forth. I think is an emerging trend. I think that big data is going to uh, be significant this year. Um, I think is as enterprises start to understand what that really means, they, they see the opportunity to tap into new sources of revenue uh, and analytics that can provide themselves and their customers, you know, better information to make decisions. And, and I think you will see, you know, financial institutions, you know, monetize some of that information and start building out capabilities to actually charge and, and provide additional services to their clients. Um, and I think, um, DDI uh, truly <laughs> may take off this year. I know it seems like uh, everybody's prognosticating for the past four or five years that this is the year of DDI, but I think we're starting to see some real strong pilots and large customers starting to really um, deploy DDI, 
And I think you've got the backing of a company like a Cisco with some of the architectural approach around VXI that's that's raising the visibility to, to VD, VDI and how it really can truly be deployed within enterprises. So not one big uh, uh, prediction for this year, Brian, but those are my thoughts in terms of what uh, 2012 will bring. Okay. So very cool. So some things around uh, the stuff that's going to touch our end users and then some things that are going to touch touch what goes on with the information in the back end and hopefully helps folks either monetize it or, or, or make better business decisions. Well, very cool. Bob, thank you so much for the time today and the conversation. Uh, we're out of time this week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Net. You can reach us at thecloudcast.net on the web where you'll find links to the show. Leave us a comment. Leave us an email or stream the show on Stitcher. Um, Bob, thanks again for being on. Uh, hopefully we get a chance to have this conversation later in the year. We'll, we'll see how accurate we were in our predictions. And uh, uh, Thanks to everybody for listening today. Thanks, Brian, and all the best in 2012. Thank you.